Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good morning, Georgia! Morning! And a good morning to you folks in East Point. In East Point. On this Saturday, May 27th. Okay, now. What you got to say about That's East Point? That's old stuff, man. East Point down there with the Headland Drive and the low and, you know, Tri-Cities. High school, you know, my, my old high school, Headland High School. That's 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 my. I was out that way last week. I went to okay. the, the Greenbrier for the last day of the Chick Fil A. By the way, while you were gone, Max and I have, have fixed uh, boxing, MMA, and um, all those things. Yeah, and we got we got an all star. We got an all star. He asked a question that we will get back to in front of our guest here, but we need you to come up with an all star world team versus an all, basketball. Okay. Versus an all star American team. Okay. And his question was, has the world passed America when it comes to producing basketball stars? Okay. That's what he asked. Okay. So yeah. I, I couldn't answer him right off the rip. So <laughs> he put Giannis and Luca and all them dudes in there. I was like, man. Dream team started You got to think about that Dream for a minute. Dream team started it. Would you please introduce Absolutely, our guest? Absolutely, man. We promise you um, that, that we had a very special guest that's joining us here in the 8 o'clock hour here on uh, Sam and Greg this weekend morning. Dr. Charles McClendon is the esteemed uh, <laughs> commissioner of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Their baseball tournament is in Atlanta, and he is spending some time with us this morning here in studio with Sam and Greg. Dr. McClellan, welcome to, uh, to our show. Hey, thank you, gentlemen, for having me on the show. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. Great. Go I, ahead. No, I was going to ask him how has he enjoyed his time here in our city. Well, we love Atlanta, uh, and part of our strategy within the Southwestern Athletic Conference is kind of get some of our sports and infiltrate Atlanta. As you know, we're here for the MEAC-SWAC Challenge and the Celebration Bowl. So we thought that it was fitting to be able to bring baseball here since Atlanta is one of the centers of black college baseball. So we thought coming here, great city, great people. Everyone has done a magnificent job of receiving us. And, you know, I, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but, you know, seems like this is a place for us to stay. It sounds great. You're playing, uh, you know, at Georgia Tech, which is an outstanding facility at Russ Chandler Field. Uh, talk about how that came about. Of course, they're away at the ACC tournament. Yeah, they are. Well, it started with Keith, uh, along with a gentleman in our office, Andrew. They had a personal relationship. Okay. So as we kind of looked around where we wanted to put our tournament, you know, we were in New Orleans, Louisiana, three years ago. Then we were in uh, Huntsville, Alabama at that minor league park. And then we were in Birmingham at Regents Field. And those minor league parks are a little big for our tournament. Plus, the MLB now schedules those games. So we could not get it for long periods of time. So we didn't want to bounce around. Uh, Keith basically said, hey, the mayor wants you here. We want you here. Uh, he hooked us up with Kerry Stewart from uh, Fulton County, and we just started talks and negotiations and ultimately came up with a three-year deal in order for us to move the tournament here. See, that's the kind of juice you got. 
No, no. But yeah, yeah, you got it. We need to, you need to help me out with some things. But see, he mentioned the man. You mentioned the mayor. Yeah, I know. The mayor is a Georgia Tech man. He also is also his fraternity brother. Ah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that well, you see, so, oh, now, now we know we why. Always go back to do, the fraternity, right? right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, I thought it was Mary Keisha. We had some mac and cheese. No, and get no, it that no, way. No, but <laughs> Mary Dickens was a Georgia Tech. Yeah. Oh, friend, well, I knew so, that. I was just so, gonna say yeah. I didn't know yeah. that they were that kind of you know them secret handshake kind of dudes. <laughs> yeah. He actually put the call in uh, personally for us to be able to get to stadium. So have to send shots out to the mayor. Well, we got no problem with him because we've seen him make sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, right? he's great. We've we seen he, him we, down we saw, the State Farm making sandwiches. State so. He's doing great things, doing great things. Uh, you have a very special honor, and, and um, my goodness, uh, represent from HBCU with the NCAA uh, chair of the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. That is an incredible uh, position. Congratulations, first of all, on having that. And do we hold you responsible for the chaos that we saw for three weeks in this year's tournament, I mean, it kept us on the edge of our seats every single game. Well, you can't hold me responsible this year. I was vice chair this year. A gentleman by the name of Chris Reynolds, uh, the athletic director at Bradley, was chair. Oh, we blame it on the mayor, right? So I'm vice chair. Uh, my term at so the NCAA basketball committee, you get a five year appointment, uh, and typically. Uh, you get the opportunity to be chair your last year. So they will vote you in the year before so you can go through the process to understand what the chair does because it's vastly different than just being on the committee. Uh, And my chairmanship will start officially September 1. Uh, And the next Final Four will be in Phoenix. And as of September 1, I will be the designated person so when you cut on CBS and you see me stumbling, you know, uh, 92.9 community, <laughs> call in and uh, take oh, up for me. It looks good. He'll have that shirt on, too. Yeah. <laughs> or actually, we'll have another shirt. I, I, I'm curious about your thoughts as you as you step into this position. You obviously are there with under the umbrella of collegiate sports. What is it that we here on the outside sitting watching, we talk about basketball, even baseball to some degree, are they in for the same craziness that we watch with college football from conferences changing and teams relocating, all that sort of stuff, right? Like Notre Dame. We talk about Notre Dame in a way during college football season that we don't during basketball season because we know they're locked into the ACC. I'm just saying when you sit and you think about the landscape of college sports, what's your overall outlook on it? Well, you know, football is an entirely different animal. Right. And I think most people know that the NCAA doesn't generate any revenue from football. So those conferences and the BCS keeps all of that money. And they have created what they call the autonomy conferences. And I know you hear Power Five, but the technical term is the autonomy five, which means that they have legislation that gives them the autonomy to do certain things with football that nobody else can do with football. And the only thing that means is they get to keep all of the revenue. Uh, So they've created this BCS structure. They have a president and a board. Uh, So when you talk about Notre Dame and them remaining independent in football, essentially what they're saying is that our revenue-generating potential as an individual institution is greater than our ability to be able to generate that in the ACC. But all of their other sports are in the ACC. So the next tier of revenue that is significant is basketball. So the way that you are able to tap into that basketball revenue is being a part of a conference that's going to be able to generate it on a massive 
scale because the television contracts for basketball is nowhere near right. yeah. what a television contract is for football. So when you start to get into the NCAA tournament, uh, you hear a lot of thing about units, a lot of conversation about units. So the way that a conference is able to get units, you get one unit for just being a conference. So those are the AQ units. Then you get an additional unit for every team that's in the tournament. And then you get an additional unit for every team that wins in the tournament. So the more teams you have in the tournament, the more units you get and the more games that are won. So that's why you see conferences affiliating themselves with basketball. But when you start to see conference realignment, and we talked a little bit about that, you know, teams going from USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten, it's really about football and television money. As you know, the Big Ten signed a, a billion-dollar right. deal. Uh, Kevin Warren, he left and went to the Chicago Bears. Had a lot of conversations with Kevin Warren about that because we wanted in the Southwestern Athletic Conference to kind of glean some of the pros and cons and how to go through that process, have a wonderful relationship with Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC. We're right down the road. So those two gentlemen I talked to a lot, Jim Phillips. You're right. He's getting ready to go through that. I know Georgia Tech is a part of the ACC. Jim was on the basketball committee with us, and he's now going through the process. So you kind of take those leaders, some of the best practices, uh, but it's about television and it's about football. And then second, it's about basketball. The, the football revenue is in the tens of billions of dollars. The basketball revenue is in the billion-dollar range. They say – these guys are always making fun of me around here, all right? And they say I look like this dude. <laughs> you do have you, – you could pass for Kevin Warren's little brother. Yeah, people say that all the time, man. I look like the commissioner of the we, Big Ten. We have given him so much trouble about, about – <laughs> You could pass for like his little brother. I'll like give you that. Well, well, okay, given those things, what was the impact, you would say, on, on March Madness – from NIL and transfer portal, did we see? Is that a lot? A lot of what we were seeing with the bluebirds not being there at the end. Well, I I absolutely think so, and I actually get this question within the HBCU realm all the time. How does name, image, and likeness impact HBCUs? And in my opinion, it equals the playing field a little bit, not totally equal. But you can now go to Jackson State with a Deion Sanders and get as much money as you could as to going to Alabama. So now some of those decision-making processes are a little different. If you talk to the Power Five coaches, they'll tell you it's not about facilities anymore. It's about collectives. Uh, the first question that the student athletes are acting, asking is, let me talk to the person that's running the collective. Uh, so the collective is, uh, is not tied to the athletic departments because we have all of these different state laws. So the conference offices and the athletic departments can't really touch it. So it's the individual schools that are creating these collectives, and these third parties are coming in saying, hey, we're going to sign you up to a name, image, and likeness deal if you come to our institution. It's totally legal because it's now governed by state laws, right. not by NCAA rules. The only NCAA rule is you cannot use it as a recruiting inducement. So that is the reason why you're hearing the NCAA and all of the national individuals talking about a national law, you know, wanting the Congress to come in and do some overarching laws to kind of tie all of these state laws together because what's in the state of Georgia is a little bit different than the state of Alabama, which is a little bit different in the state of Florida. And if I can go to Alabama and make more money playing football than I can in the state of Georgia, then now Georgia is at a disadvantage. 
So you have all of these legislatures are kind of fighting over this. But when it comes to our level, the FCS level, now you can come to a Jackson State, play for Dion, get on national television, compete for a national championship, and get drafted and get your name, image, and likeness versus going to a Power 5 school having to sit for three years because everybody else is in front of you. So it is not leveling the playing field at our level. But, you know, they've been given name, image, and likeness deals for a long time. They haven't been called name, image, and likeness. You haven't been called it. Hey. Yeah. So now it gives us an opportunity to get in the game and get in it from a legal standpoint. People say that sports and the movement of sports moves glacier-like. But I want to ask you, whether it's Dion, Eddie George, Tennessee State, whatever has happened post-pandemic, what is it, at least right now, that you can articulate that the FC, excuse me, HBCUs have grabbed onto, and now it's a part of, it's under their umbrella, and it's showing the advancement. Is there anything, a couple things, a few things, one particular thing that you can tell us about that you are really pleased to see happening that wasn't happening as little as five years ago? Well, I think the national exposure. So if I could tell a brief story about the Southwestern Athletic Conference, when the pandemic hit, uh, all eyes were basically on what was on television. You talk about the impact right. of sports. Everything shut down other than sports. Everybody was stuck in the house, but we were still playing, you know, football. That tells you the power <laughs> we, of, yeah. of we were, sports. We were all watching The Last Dance. Right. That's right. <laughs> so that, that tells you the power of sports. But, you know, everybody watched the Joyce Floyd tragedy. And from that came this Black Lives Matter just tremendous movement. And we started to get corporate partners that were really doubling down on it. You know, we had General Motors to come. Uh, We had Pepsi to come. We had Home Depot to come. We had Cricket Wireless, which the parent company, AT&T, is based here to come. And we had many of those, but they came different than we just want to put down a a sponsorship and put our name. They actually invested. Uh, They actually have diversity hiring initiatives through our schools. They actually have created programs to be able to give scholarships for our schools, internships for our schools. So a lot of those major corporations actually doubled down on their diversity initiative, not just in talk, but in actual, you know, action, not just dollars, but hey, we're going to open up. We have a national commercial with Cricket Wireless that talks about HBCUs, Home Depot that talks about HBCUs. So I really think that that community culture from a corporate standpoint embraced us. And ultimately that allowed us to be seen on a national level that a lot of people were not able to see us. And we were able to expand our brand. And then from a Southwestern Athletic Conference standpoint, uh, Byron Allen, the media mogul, came in and he saw the value. Within the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and Sam and I talked about this earlier, we've led FCS attendance 46 of the last 47 years. We have six football games that have over 60,000 people in attendance. We have 12 that have over 50,000. Our championship game uh, had about 10,000 less than the Pac-12 championship game. A lot of people didn't know that. So when you see our brand, when you see the economic value that we have to our communities, we started to gain a lot of momentum. Byron Allen saw it, wanted a piece of it. Now we are the only conference outside of the Power Five that our games are on national television live on Saturdays in prime time. 
Now, Byron does it from a syndication standpoint. In Atlanta, I think it's WB, and Birmingham is CW, and some other in LA, I think it's the it's CBS CW affiliate. It's CW here. CW here. Mm-hmm. But you can cut on on Saturdays and see SWAC football along with the University of Georgia and the University of Alabama. That is what that movement has brought, and I think that's what we are tying on to. And we can't forget our academic mission. I get this all the time. What is the value of HBCUs? Well, the value of HBCUs today is the same as it was 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. We still have 70, 75% first-generation college students at our schools. But if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a lawyer, if you're a minority, you, the, the vast majority of those from a national standpoint comes from HBCU. So we're still very relevant. We're relevant in the athletic space, and we're going to continue to grow. Wow. Okay. We got, you know what? We got to take a break. You're hanging around for another segment. Absolutely. Because yeah. we, you, you brought him up. Coach Prime. Coach Prime. We're we, we going to talk about that and more. And why can't the SWAC do celebration? We're going to talk about those more, folks. Stay tuned. I would like more. to talk about that part. <laughs> for, for, Absolutely. For, uh, Dr. Charles McClellan, uh, the commissioner of the SWAC, with us here on this Saturday morning on Sports Radio 1990 Game at 1990Game.com. Available everywhere on Odyssey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 